You're listening to episode seven of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello and welcome. I'm Nikki Porter and today on the Take the Reins podcast, I'm going to be talking about something that I literally can't stop thinking about. Now, I shouldn't really say that. I can stop thinking about it. I'm choosing to not stop thinking about it because it's inspiring me. So just under a week ago, I was at an event in Halifax where Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, Big Magic, and a few other fantastic books, was speaking live. So I decided to go to the event in the first place because I felt like, I don't know, I owed myself something to be in the same room as Elizabeth Gilbert at that time because Elizabeth had a huge impact on the publication of my book, not necessarily the writing of my book, but certainly the publication. And I'm not really one who gets hung up on celebrities or people um, of influence and, and me, you know, feeling like I have to go see them, whatever it might be. But for some reason, I really I really felt as though I needed to be in the same room as this woman and, and hear her speak. So, oh, I should go back just a second and just explain how she impacted the publishing of my book. So I'll just tell a quick story about this. And I actually thanked Elizabeth Gilbert in the acknowledgments of my book for this very thing. I had read or listened to, actually, in my audiobooks, I had listened to Big Magic, um, you know, I think it was before I even began writing. And then right before I was submitting my final manuscript, I was re-listening to this book. And I really struggled with pressing send on my fan- final manuscript. I felt like I was publishing my diary. It felt very personal. It felt very vulnerable. And it was actually the end of the book, Big Magic, that... Um, made me feel brave enough to be able to press send. Um, I honestly, based on where I was mentally at the time and emotionally, I probably wouldn't have, definitely wouldn't have right when I did, um, which when I submitted my manuscript, it really had uh, a really cool impact on my 2018 year because it was the last day of 2018 that my book landed up in my hands. So if I hadn't, then that wouldn't have happened. And it was just something that um, that I enjoyed because it's a very memorable moment for me. Um, the very last day of that year and heading into a new year, um, I had something that I worked so hard come into um, into my world in 
physical form and I just it was even difficult just to picture that so it was very cool and uh, so Elizabeth had a big impact on that happening so I went to this event and the neat thing is I actually was was not going to go at all because Mike and I were planning on teaching or were supposed to teach this particular weekend but there was a Friday portion to this event that you could sign up and and just do the Friday and not go and do the rest of this big magic workshop. So I decided to go and I enrolled in something called the Embodied Leadership Breakout Session with a speaker named Anne Brube, I believe is her last name. I probably just pronounced that wrong, but she's fantastic. She is the author of Be, Feel, Think, Do, a memoir, and I really enjoyed Anne's energy. I really enjoyed her message. So it was, it set up my day fantastically because I went thinking I was going to go and and listen to Elizabeth Gilbert speak and be inspired. And that was actually just the icing on the cake. So I ended up going to this embodied leadership workshop or session. And Anne was speaking about things that connected directly to not only horses but human relationships and it all seamlessly connected and so I was very thankful for that. It was interesting to really think of the terms of embodied leadership and then what our horses need from us as leaders but also what our children and our husbands need from us. So it was it was very um it was very inspiring. That evening, I sat in the audience with one of my closest girlfriends and listened to Elizabeth Gilbert give her talk. Now, one thing, now she said a bunch of amazing and inspirational things. However, there was one that really stood out to me. And I, when I said at the very beginning that I can't stop thinking about it, it truly lit a spark in me. It got me thinking about my work with horses and my work with people and the concept of relaxing and why it's so difficult for us as women to relax or to accept that we are allowed to relax. So it really got me thinking and this is what I came up with over the last five days or so. During Liz's talk she spoke about all the empowering terms that she loves hearing women being described as in social media today. Words like strong, brave, powerful, and fierce. But she said there's a word that is never used to describe women that she feels would be revolutionary. At first when she said the word, it didn't seem to have the impact on me that I expected it to have. When she was discussing the different words and and saying she had one that was better than the rest, I was expecting something big and bold and and something that embodied the vision I had of a powerful woman. And then she said the word, relaxed. I'm not sure if it was the fact that she used horse herd dynamics in her explanation at some point that made my ears kind of perk up eventually, or if it was her example of the only image of a relaxed woman that she could find on Google. And that was a rich blonde woman getting a hot stone massage. Not exactly a relatable image for all of us. Liz joked about it, but the seriousness of the matter was not lost on the room, which was filled with almost all women nodding and smiling. A relaxed woman, what does she truly look like? 
Liz very clearly told us it certainly wasn't those rich blonde women that she saw in all the photos on Google because she said she's met those women and they're just as stressed and and anxious as the rest of us. Somehow, this seemed to offer a little bit of relief in the room. I saw two posts this week on social media that brought me right back to my thoughts about Liz's talk. One said, if you don't pick a day to relax, your body will pick it for you. The other one said that there were nine types of rest. The first, time away. Second, permission to not be helpful. Third, something unproductive. Fourth, connection to art and nature. Fifth, solitude to recharge. Six, a break from responsibility. Seven, stillness to decompress. Eight, safe space. And nine, alone time at home. These two posts made me realize something. We don't have a proper image of women relaxing because we have the wrong working definition. We seem to have mixed up our definition of relaxed with that of rested. Our definition makes us feel like we have to shut down to relax. And shutting down daily as a woman is simply not an option. It's no joke. We keep our families fed, clothed, cleaned, loved, heard, transported from point A to point B, On time, normally, usually, I try anyway. Put together, put back together, and everything in between. And that doesn't even include what we do at our jobs or for our communities. And it for sure does not include our precious friends who we so desperately want to love and support and somehow they just keep falling on the back burner. It's no wonder that we think we don't have time to relax with our current definition as a result. It is no wonder we now live in a world where according to a study done by Cambridge University, women are almost twice as likely to suffer from anxiety as men and that people living in Europe and North America are disproportionately affected by anxiety disorders. With our current definition, relaxing is nearly impossible to do without scheduling a hot stone massage because we think that in order to relax, we have to cease doing things and doing nothing makes us feel guilty and unproductive, lazy, useless, and unneeded. And that's just to name a few. We need to change our working definition of relaxed and switch it out for the word that it truly is, rested. By doing so, we can reclaim the real definition of relaxed, which is actually free from tension and anxiety or at ease. When we need rest, everyone understands because the bags under our eyes beg them to tell us how tired we look. Our low energy encourages people to tell us to take a break. And that cold that just comes out of nowhere forces us into bed for over a week. It isn't relaxing that our body will force us to do. It will force us to rest, but it is never going to force us to relax. Once stress and anxiety take a hold, our body latches onto them and trains our mind to dance with the devil within. Stress and anxiety do not leave our mind and body simply by relaxing for a day. These are not cured like exhaustion, burnout, and a hangover. Rest may be the medicine for many ailments, but stress and anxiety are changed when we learn how to relax within the lives that we're already living. Stress and anxiety are both sustained by habitual thinking. They will not be cured by climbing into our sheets and hiding from them. They're not going to be cured by taking a bubble bath to soak our worries away. And they're certainly not going to be cured by taking vacations to test out the theory of out of sight, out of mind. 
The only thing that we can really truly do to stop ourselves from the torment of continual stress and anxiety is to become more present and aware. We need to choose to be in our bodies and do the hard work of choosing slightly healthier thoughts at every moment. We need to understand that every waking minute is an opportunity for us to relax. We do not have to go through life feeling this ball of tension in our stomach and pressure on our hearts. We can be productive, powerful, fierce, and driven all while feeling relaxed. There will always be moments in life that there's stress, but that is not meant to be our default mode whenever we're not taking the time to relax. We are capable of working and being relaxed simultaneously. I've been thinking about what it means to be relaxed and what I know about it. I know I spend my weekends teaching mostly women how to show their horses how to relax through leadership, trust, and focus. As my husband and I coach our riders through situations they find intimidating and anxiety-inducing, he focuses more on keeping them motivated to achieve the task, while I tune into how they look and feel in their body and how it's translating to their horse in the moment, and I softly whisper, relax, as if it's just that easy. The end goal is to have their horse relax in order for them to work their best. When a horse is anxious, they work from their instinct brain versus their thinking brain, and this interferes with their ability to perform well. A mindful rider shows us all the ability to work and relax, and so does their horse. A tense rider is not an effective communicator or rider, and a tense horse isn't capable of being the athlete that they have the potential to be. I agree with Liz. We need to change the image we all associate with our idea of what a relaxed woman looks like. And in order to do that, we need to begin to recognize that we do not have to take time to shut down and relax. We can do all the things and relax. But in order to do this, we need to tune in, become more present, and discover how our bodies feel when we are relaxed and doing versus resting and recharging. A simple way that I tune into my body to release tension and relax daily is when I drive my daughter to school. Last year, I noticed that I would be tense the whole drive when we were running late. When I tuned into my body on those tense drives, I'd feel the tension everywhere. I'd feel it in my energy, I would feel it in my words, my thoughts, my hands on the steering wheel, in my neck, my shoulders, my back, and all the way down to my feet pushing on either the accelerator or the brake. I used those moments to change the way I responded to the feeling of being late. I noticed the tension and worked each morning I felt it to consciously release it. I worked first on my thoughts and my voice. I noticed when the anxiety changed the tone and the words I used with my daughter as we drove. It's been just over a year since I began working on this with myself and I can now relax my whole body on my drive there and both our days start out much lighter and happier. She seems to be enjoying school more and I just might be as well. The change in my reaction to the stress of being late did not happen overnight and my ability to relax while living my daily life was not an easy task. But I noticed something recently that makes all the work worthwhile. Last night, I got home at 7 p.m. and discovered that I didn't have anything in the house for supper. I was very hungry and I knew that I had to run to the store to get something if my husband and I would be eating anything at all. He wasn't home, so I called and I told him that our daughter had just got her PJs on and I didn't want to have to take her back out. I asked for him to come home so I go and, could go and grab a pizza for us. 
He said he'd be right home. He then arrived 20 minutes later from a barn that was about a two minute drive away. I didn't feel mad or stressed. I just simply knew that I would have to leave when he got home and that he was hungry too. I drove to town. I grabbed a non-frozen pizza and two buckets of ice cream and I headed back to the car. It was now probably just after eight o'clock and when I got to my car, I looked up and I saw the moon. It was big and it was bright and I just naturally smiled. I stood for a minute and then I realized that this is what relaxed and happy feels like when it's achieved daily. We tend to only take the time to smile at the small beauties in life when we're either on vacation and seeing things from this whole new perspective or when we find those rare moments when we're not feeling pulled in a million directions. I drove home feeling content and ate my pizza after kissing my daughter and sending her off to bed. I thought, this is what a relaxed woman looks like. Just like everyone else, doing everything the best that she can, still late, still messy, still way less than perfect, but she's connected, conscious, and knows that it's all gonna be all right. Then I thought, what a revolution well, indeed. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to nikkiporter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.